If you like family drama, mass murders, and disappointing reveals, this episode of Riverdale is for you. everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. So we're super excited to dig into what happened in last week's episode of Riverdale. And to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. Betty and Jughead continue their search for the auteur. Things look promising when Brett summons them to the prison so he can pass on some information. But before he gets the chance, Brett gets shivved and dies. David, their number one suspect, turns up dead from apparent suicide, and that seems like the end of that. Until Betty gets a frantic call from Donna, who is fearing for her life after Joan gets murdered too. Betty and Jughead begin to suspect Charles, so they confront him. Charles admits to the murders of Brett, David, and Joan, but he refuses to confess to making the videotapes. Jughead then realizes the only other person with access to the information contained in the videotapes is Jellybean, and Jellybean is revealed to be the auteur. Turns out she really didn't want Jughead to go away to college. Speaking of dysfunctional families, after Veronica is nearly assassinated in the Pops parking lot, Veronica and Hermosa team up to force Hiram to retire from the thug life. It seems to work, but we'll believe it when we see it. However, the Blossoms win the What the Fuck Riverdale Award this week. When Cheryl fails to convince her relatives to turn the maple syrup business over to her for the sake of redeeming the Blossom family name, Penelope's solution is mass murder, and she simply kills them all. Seriously, what the fuck? I've never been so happy to be right about something, but then simultaneously so upset about how it shakes out. Because I was doing like a pretty serious happy dance when it was revealed that Jellybean was the auteur because I called that. But I was so pissed when they explained the motive behind the videotapes. It was very blasé. I I will give you that. I didn't, I, I I was so, I I was disappointed. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I, I was coming off of the high of, you know, anticipating where the show was going, which is so hard to do. And then I crashed into this wall of like, Oh, yeah, Jellybean just, like, didn't want Jughead to go to college and, like, leave her behind in Riverdale. What? Yeah, that was very... I mean, there could have been easier ways to fix that for her, Communication but... being the first and foremost. Yes. And, right, just just talk it out. I mean, clearly you got close, or so Jughead like to think that they got closer. Just talk to him about it. Do you know what really bothers me, though? What? They... The show set it up to be sinister and like something dangerous that like the auteur was um had like this creepy vibe about it and and like reasonably so like people are like spying on you and like watching you and things were escalating and like when it got to like the snuff videos like all of that was very threatening and i don't like that they used it to make us think that it was intertwined with the murders that were actually happening. But then in the end, there is no connection whatsoever in their motives or why they correlate. And it's it's frustrating because you're sitting there watching it and those videos were so thorough. And the detail, I mean, the attention to detail. I mean, Jughead even got out of Jellybean that they made the masks. Yeah, right. Those are like pretty high grade. They, yeah, very. I yeah. mean, they looked exactly like the comics, which was even funnier yeah. because <laughs> I don't think they know they're based on comics. <laughs> we're going to be real here. But um, David had a connection there too. 
Jellybean even said that they got him to let them use the room at the Blue Velvet for one of their films. He He's a sketchy guy, and for the fact that they're involved with him is kind of strange since this, like, wasn't supposed to be uh, sketchy. You know, like, Jellybean tries to defend it, and or at least, like, make excuses for it. And actually, something that bothers me is we really don't hear from her. We only hear the story through Jughead when he talks to FP. I would have liked to hear it come from her. And I don't know why we don't get that. Like, that's kind of strange to me now that I think about it. To be honest, I think it comes from how Jughead described it to FP, where she didn't know any better or she didn't understand that what she was doing was way worse than what she thought. So it was more or less like a slap on the wrist which that's another thing that was disappointing as well. How she was approached <laughs> after the fact, you know, Jughead sits FP down, which I have comments about this. Mm-hmm. He sits FP down at a bar that I don't think, or was it at It was the, Le Bon Nui. It was Le Bon Nui, yeah. okay. They're having a drink. I feel like I've never, seen, I've never seen, you know. Le Bon Nui without a or stage Or not seen the stage <laughs> or the bar. Yeah. I never see, you know, like the booths or anything like that, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Jughead, a teenager, sitting there with an old-fashioned saying, I yeah. want to talk about this over a drink. Right. Okay, that's, yeah, okay. that's, that's our first 17 fail. years old, but okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's telling FP all of this and a little sidebar, as fans of the show know at this point, Skeet is leaving the show and I think this was one of the signs that you could tell he was on his way out because the acting, I love him to death and you know this, but... Just his acting in this scene and his reactions. Boy, you better start making sense. (laughs) His, the look on his face of shock, which really wasn't shock. I mean, it was the the forced acting for me, I think. But um, no, that's going back to what I was saying. His description to FP was just so mediocre as if this is what she did. Who gives a shit? Like that, that was the vibe I got. Yeah, it, it wasn't really taken seriously, and I think it should have been, especially since they spent all this time leading us to believe that murders were actually being committed in these, like, fake snuff films. And also, did, like, David know that they were fake snuff films? Because he was accepting them as admission to his, like, film festival rave parties. Meanwhile, he rejected Betty and Jughead's snuff film. I don't know if it was just so poorly acted that it was, like, obviously fake, but, you know, I, I don't think these kids did that good of a job that he couldn't have sussed out a a fake snuff film right and again i think you know david thought okay i'm gonna let these kids film this this is what i'm gonna get not really watching yeah what they were doing so he's thinking here i'm gonna lend you the room i'm gonna put a blind eye to what you're doing so Mm -hmm. he probably in the long run didn't know exactly what was going down and they're just really good at reenacting. This like really bothers me because of that sign that they hung on that video for like the Killing David video, the God is watching one. What was the point of that? Like it seemed so significant in the last episode that this message was left for them to discover. And was it like literally just like, oh, let's thicken the plot here a little bit and leave this weird sign? Because it had nothing... Uh, like it had nothing to do with their part of the story yeah but 
but it, it's not connected to it's not to the other part of the story it's inadvertently connected yeah it's, which made us try which they kind of made us believe they're in cahoots together which isn't the case right at all. well that's well, that's what pisses me off about this whole thing is that riverdale riverdale wanted us to think that these two storylines were connected they duped us into thinking that they gave us the evidence to believe that they were connected but they didn't give us the evidence really to see that they weren't and i feel misled and they you know red herrings are always like you know slightly annoying because they're supposed to throw you off the track but riverdale does this bait and switch bullshit where it's like they like bait you with a snickers bar and then they switch it with a piece of garbage and it's like this is not okay. Mm-mm. I'm not okay with the way that this plot resolved itself. And I think Jellybean needs professional help because if we gonna, if we gonna, <laughs> if we're gonna go with the narrative that she didn't want Jughead to go away to college, why would she send Archie that video of the Black Hood holding him or that guy holding him hostage and pops at gunpoint? When, like, like why? Why would you do that to somebody? Like, why would you think that's a funny prank or, like, a device? Like, if she, if she had just focused her attentions on Jughead and, you know, tailored all of her projects to him, like, that's one thing. But she's, like, involving innocent people here who really don't need to be involved. And the fact that she didn't even really think about how that could impact other people is disturbing to me. I, I agree. And I think also... She clearly isn't thinking at all. And that's what bothers me. And I don't want to use this as an excuse, but we did talk about it last week a little bit. When it comes to Jellybean and her storyline, we never got one. She got left behind and we kind of just had her as this background character. And to give her a narrative with not a full storyline is weird. Because again, how it wraps up, she's just forgiven. For shaking up the entire town with the creepiest stuff imaginable. I mean, we're talking stalking, going into homes, videotaping, pretending to kill people. Like, it's, it's creepy. It's sadistic. It's things that, you know, a hug and a kiss, I'm sorry, isn't gonna fix. It's things that if she were, like, an adult male doing these things... She'd be arrested on the yeah, spot. Be arrested, and I and I know that she is a kid, and that kids do stupid things, but this this is like beyond the pale. This I feel reflects a deeper psychological problem within Jellybean because this is not normal prank behavior. No, and it's we have to be lucky though that out of. All of her doing, no real murders were committed on her watch. I suppose. I mean, David's murder, uh, I think we only found out that he was as creepy as he was because of this videotape investigation. And as, you know, Charles confessed, he only kills people who, like, do bad stuff. Yeah. So, like, we may not have really dug into David's predilections. No, he had had a a nice little run with us figuring out you know what he does what he's about um i was so furious at first when when they cornered him and confronted him about 
the murders and stuff, I thought he was going to turn out to be the auteur as well. And I was really pissed off because I was like, no, this is the most obvious thing because he's in the FBI. He already does like surveillance shit. Like, obviously it could be Charles. And like, I, I was like really upset at first. And so when I realized that he just committed murders, I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. <laughs> and it's, it is hilarious. And I find it, you know, Yes, it is a given that he has all this technology to pull off all this. Not only that, he has a serial killer gene like his sister Betty. Yeah, where did he get his from? Because Hal Cooper's not his father. No. So that's a funny, you know, scenario that we're never going to find out. Yeah, because I feel like they wanted us to make that link. Like, oh, Betty and Charles are brother and sister. So obviously they share genetics. So obviously they both have the serial killer gene, but it doesn't work that way because Betty got hers from her father and FP is Charles' father. Right. So unless it's... Alice. Alice. Which, which honestly, I'd buy it. At this point, yes. I'd buy it. Yep, 100%. That woman's a psycho. And, you know, on top of that, just him entering their lives after Chick, who pretended to be him, um... There's problems all over this storyline. Brett calls them, right? I was so excited to see Brett again. It's so funny. I spent so long hating him. But I like him in And when he life. pops up in these, like, situations, I'm like, yay, it's Brett. And he called Jughead Slughead. Slughead. <laughs> you know what? That was, it was hilarious. And I felt like, oh, you're relatable now. And it's very I was very so happy. I, I don't know. Way. Maybe it's just because, like, justice has been served in some way on Brett that I was really excited to see him. I was kind of happy to see Donna, too. I was like, Donna! Although I, as soon as she called that, I was like, Betty, hang up, hang up. It's Donna. Just, There's like, no don't good, even. Yeah. no good coming from this. Sorry, go back to Brett. No, but Brett, I mean, he tries to give them a heads up with all of this. And they're too late. Yeah, you know what annoys me is uh, um, they didn't do, like, any sort of questioning into who killed Brett because... It was automatically assumed. In I mean, in my mind, um, I was like, well, Chick would be the most likely person to be involved in this. But if they weren't thinking along those lines and they had no idea, wouldn't they inquire and be like, well, like, who killed him? Because that's an obvious question. Like, they they were just like, oh, yeah, David hired somebody from, you know, inside the prison. He made a phone call and whatever. But, like, wouldn't they want to talk to that person that murdered Brett? And they may not know, but, like, to not inquire at all into that investigation feels odd to me since they're usually so thorough when they look into these types of things. They are. They're thorough. The case would have been over if they had just asked a few questions about who killed Brett. Yeah. And, you know, they end up going to see the body afterwards help my memory here what is the name of dr curdle jr oh Oh, he's so creepy he creeps me out i mean perfect role for him because yeah he's doing a great job he's doing a great job they lift the they lift the sheet they see that brett not only was he stabbed several times but his eyes were gouged out Mm, and this is where betty makes later on the connection of the quote you said before god is watching she puts two and two together but again, like you said, what is frustrating about that whole thing is their correlation didn't make it didn't happen. It didn't exist. It does. It just doesn't connect. It, it doesn't can work. connect because Jellybean had no connection to them. Yeah, Charles and Chick. Yeah. So there was she no knows conne- of Charles, but it's right, not but like not she knew that any, anything of their plans right. to murder people. Like we both said, I mean, I had a couple of ew moments. 
there in this whole storyline. Besides line. the eye gouging? Besides the eye gouging, you know, Betty's confronting Charles. I mean, she has no... She's like, I found the bug. I mean, she, she's got it in the bag. She's done this a few times, clearly. He breaks really easily. Like, he, Oh, very. There is no deny... He he's like, oh, anything. maybe I wanted to get caught. And it's like, oh, okay, sure. Then this was really easy. He had a quote, which I didn't write down because it grossed me out, but he said something Baby about... Brother. Oh, no. Well, that? That, that's part oh, of it. Oh, okay. But prior to that, he said something about just being in love with Chick. And the things... Love is something. And I was grossed out by love it. Is <laughs> love is something. It sure is. Love is something. <laughs> um, Something we both know. <laughs> but, no, it was... He said something in relation to love and Chick. And I was just kind of like, ew. Gross. And then he uttered the words baby brother. I know. I was like, ew. And I said ew again, and that was too many ews for one scene. I'm I'm maxed out on ews. Maxed out on ews. Charles's MO bothers me because he said something like he only kills people who are have done something wrong and he was only trying to protect Betty. He's been in her life for a while now. Like, I'm just, I don't understand why the murders started now. Like, why didn't he murder Brett and Donna and Joan, like, back when they were trying to frame Betty for murder? Like, like that would have been a good time, like, when they had actually done something to hurt her. I just, he claims to be a serial killer. He says these aren't the first murders he's committed. We don't have any frame of reference for what his other murders were and if they had the same M.O., I don't like this whole righteous serial killer vibe here because Hal Cooper had it too. Like, Hal Cooper was, like, trying to rid Riverdale of sin by killing people he believed to be sinners, which is very similar to what Charles is doing. So could Charles not be the love child of Alice and I don't know how that could possibly work. (laughs) I don't know either, but he's clearly older than Polly and Betty. So, I mean, who's to say... They had a child prior. It was a mistake. She gave him up for adoption and nobody knew anything since. She seemed to be pretty confident that it was FPs. But if we're talking genes here, clearly that's not the case. Yeah, well, it would make more sense genetically if it was how Because you just, just, you literally just mapped it out perfectly. <laughs> I mean, I try. <laughs> I mean, granted, that's what was written into the show. But yeah, that's what Hal did. That was his motive. That's why he did what he did when he did it. It's exactly what Charles did. Granted, short amount of time. Yeah, this was like a burst. It was a burst. That's why this, I find this to be very strange. And then for him to claim that he's a serial killer because he's done, he's murdered before. What, like, what else has he he done? He's seen trustworthy up until. I never liked him. I never liked him. I didn't think he was like this great new character that they spoke. You know how us. I feel about relatives that come in out of nowhere. Like they're usually up to no good. Usually. Usually. I mean, we did learn um Uncle Frank's going straight. He is, and he didn't just come out of nowhere. Mary did give him a ring a ding ding. True. But I meant like his initial introduction. He his, was, oh, they made it seem shady and He was shady. <laughs> super shady. He's only now trying to redeem himself, but He is, but it is nice to know that he was called and it wasn't just a surprise to us. Yes. I mean it was meant to be a surprise to us, but it wasn't. Yeah. So I feel at a least it more hadn't lenient. been like two seasons ago that we saw him. <laughs> it was <laughs> relatively Yeah, did. it was relatively recent. But yeah, let's get into Archie and his 
this episode of his pent-up frustrations and anger that just he can't keep it anymore. I I mean, you know me. I am very hard on Archie. I think he's an idiot most of the time who can't control his emotions and make good decisions. I I liked Archie's arc in this episode. Uh, the only exception I'll say is that the beginning of the episode, he was like kind of rude to Veronica about how they're handling their breakup in front of their friends. Um, like that's a mess you caused by making bad decisions. And like you should take more responsibility in like handling that. But other than that, everything to do with his father, I actually felt like actual emotions for him, which I don't normally feel. Because I, I think this is us seeing him relate like a normal human being this made sense to me like a lot of the problems that give him so much angst and grief are of his own making and his poor decisions because he's just stupid but this was him dealing with something real that happened to him and he had no control over it and it's really causing him a lot of pain and i can understand why he might smash the tv with a baseball bat or no that was a little extreme (laughs) i mean yeah it was scary he destroyed the tape he didn't have to bash the tv and although they were due for an upgrade let's be real that's fair it was it was a little scary and i think i was alarmed in the moment but looking back on it it was a big ask to have archie write a letter to the judge asking for leniency for the person who killed his dad I, if I were Molly Ringwald in this situation, I would not have asked Archie to do that. He's been so volatile lately. He's not in a good place mentally. This could only hurt him, really. And I don't agree with her choice to involve him in it. Yes and no. I partially agree with you on that. But I also feel like this was an opportunity for him to sit down and finally face the emotions. Because... Episode one of season four, we are hit with a devastating loss. And I feel like right after that, we are just picking up where Business shit as off. usual. <laughs> there was no, he didn't get to feel it. He didn't get to get through it. In our eyes, it was a day. He had a day of figuring this shit out. And then he went into his normal everyday vigilantism and opening the El Royale and all of that. But at the same time, I think, you know, like I said, I agree with you. It didn't help much because he went nutso this episode, but it made him more in tune with how his father's death affected him. And I don't think he ever, ever let that fully happen until this episode. I think you're right. And I think that that sort of revelation was necessary for him to be able to move on. But I, again, lay this at Molly Ringwald's feet. She should have put this boy in therapy because he has been showing signs of instability for mm-hmm. a long, long time. And the fact that nobody has tried to sit this kid down and be like, dude, like you need to talk about these feelings is very annoying to me and just feeds into the whole cultural bias against therapy in general, but especially against like men in therapy. I I think it, you know, punching his Uncle Frank, you know, beating the shit out of his Uncle Frank helped exercise some demons, but I don't think that's really the, the right thing to do. <laughs> the the best outlet for no. this. And or at least it shouldn't have gotten to a point where that had to be the outlet for it. 
No, you're right. I think if we saw him, I mean, the most therapy we saw was last season. That one had, episode. That one episode, which was great and hilarious. Yes, because all these people legitimately do need to be in therapy. And I loved having an outside source. Yes, to look at them and be us. Them. Yep. And be like, you know, you're being pretty Are ridiculous. You for real. <laughs> yep. No, that was great. I mean, we need more of her. But we're not going to get that. I mean, I feel, but I feel like Archie did find some solace and he, I think he came to a conclusion for himself. Yes. I think that it ended in a good place for him, regardless of how he got there. He's in a better place than he was when the episode began. Mm -hmm. But I guess my point more or less is I think I, I really connected with him as a character more and his suffering more in this episode than I ever have previously. Whereas some of his outbursts, perhaps like I would not have done that or reacted that way, but I could justify them because it was for a good reason. Where as usually he's protesting something really stupid. So this actually was meaningful. It was. And I think it was a good, it'll be a good stepping stone into the finale. I think, well, it's not the finale. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it, it should have been. Yes, but what was supposed it's a good. To be the it's a good stepping stone into graduation. The graduation episode. Yes, but before we can even get into graduation, the Lodge family has a little has some ruffles that mm-hmm. we need to address. Ruffles. I hate this plotline. Actually, I'm like really exhausted. The lodges are all completely insane, mm-hmm. and it's very frustrating to watch them get stuck in this loop this like codependent loop where they can't seem to get away from each other but all they do is cause each other stress and anxiety and, and need pain. to somehow get back to each other yeah like just just leave cut and run get which out. i think we may get we may get this now and um you know it all starts with we know that Hiram has this illness that apparently only beating the shit out of people can cure it's science it is science and um you know, we get a taste of Hermosa. Hermosa. I'm sick of her. <laughs> I'm sick of her, yet we I don't, don't see her, her enough to be sick of her, but just the way she is. Every time I, every time she shows up on screen, I'm like, ugh. What are you doing here Go and away. why? I get her incentive this time, though. I mean, she teams up with Veronica for good, I'd like to say. But, like, how convenient that she was there at Pops when, like, Veronica you don't think that was jumped a plan? in a dumpster. You don't think that was her plan? I do think that was her plan. The only thing that she says that made me question whether or not it was a plan was she asked Veronica if these were like, if these were daddy's men or something, poppy's men, and leading me to believe she didn't know who she killed. But it seemed this, uh, I could 100% see this being a scheme on Hermosa's part to try to take the company away from Hiram and eventually from Veronica. Yes, I see that happening 100%. But I feel like it somehow, she's helping Veronica inadvertently. Yeah, well, they do seem to be in in agreement of what needs to happen here. But I, you know, that could just be manipulation on Hermosa's part that she's just selling it in a way that benefits Veronica to the point where Veronica wouldn't even question why they're doing it until it's too late. But I do feel like Veronica's trading one psychopath for another. You know, she's leaving Hiram, but hitching her cart to uh, Hermosa seems like a similar fatal flaw. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is good to have Hermosa in her back pocket because, you know, her guns are registered and (laughs) her guns are registered and she has a license. Honestly, if she had missed any of those shots by like a couple inches, it was too quick. Veronica would have been dead. 
there was three guys on her. Yeah. And somehow, I mean, there was a silencer on it, but still, she killed three of them in a split second. Yeah, kill shots, every single one. And Veronica's standing right behind them. Like, seriously, if one of those bullets had gone astray, like, Veronica's dead. It was Veronica's in the back dead. of Pops, dark. I mean, yeah. there was nothing really giving her a clear shot. So she is... Yeah, night vision or something. Even the fact that she knew to go out there to check on Veronica because all she was doing was taking out the garbage. So, yeah, why would she even think that Veronica would need backup in the alley unless, like, oh, I was leaving? I was on my way out? I don't know. It's all very sus, but it seems, for now, it seems like they're acting in tandem, and I'm just... I like it. I mean, it it does lead to Hiram getting the shit beat out of him yet again, Ugh. but a little too hard this time. Please die. You know, he gets, it's bad, to which he texts Veronica for help, and I couldn't help but notice that in her phone, she has him labeled as Daddykins. I want to vomit. And I cringed so hard because why does Kins have to be the end of every name? I, I don't, it doesn't even sound right when she says it, like it's forced it's it is it's very forced i don't like it it's uncomfortable um but yeah so they get him to agree to retire i will believe this when i see it i don't i mean it would make sense in terms of wrapping up the lodge family for the end of what would have been season four and then Mm -hmm. maybe they just like aren't really involved in season five but i i don't think you I don't think you retire from from the kind of lifestyle that Hiram led. No, but I also feel like towards the end here, he was doing a lot of the physical just because it was helping him with his health, which again, I still don't understand how that works. But they get him, they sit down, they have a family sit down and they realize, you know, he realizes, that's it. I'm done. I'm giving it to you guys. I'm going to go to the Cayman Islands. (laughs) Right, where all the legitimate business happens. Right. That's the first thing I thought of. Um, (laughs) Where all your offshore accounts are. Hermione gives her two cents, which... Shut up, Hermione. Listen, this... (laughs) Too little too late. This... It was too little too late, but this hit close to home for me because I'm a big fan. But she named Andy Cohen by name without using a moniker or anything. She used his real name and said that she was asked to be on The Real Housewives of New York City. Okay. To which she denied three years prior to help Veronica and protect her. But now that's her calling. Yeah, right. And that's what she's going to do. And she's going to leave and she's going to divorce Hiram. And it's going to be her time to fucking shine. And I get it. But I also get it because the actress who plays Hermione is out the door as well. Out of here. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I I mean, I guess in that... (laughs) In that regard, this is the right way for her to go out. But you're going to have to explain to me. So I've literally never seen an episode of Real Housewives of any city or state or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who the fuck is Andy Cohen? Andy Cohen is the executive producer. He basically runs the entire network of Bravo. And he's in charge of hirings, firings, all of that. Okay. So that's where this made me laugh because I see that as being... if. Riverdale was a real place, which we know it is not because I don't even know what time... It exists outside of time and space. It does because the fashion sense of some of them is on point and some is very old school. Yeah. The Um, fact that Archie has a jalopy. (laughs) Archie has a jalopy. um, But everybody has cell phones. Everybody has cell phones. Betty's dressed like she's out of the 70s. 
They have television sets that don't show color. I don't understand. They have payphones too. What the what the hell? It's a lot. So for her to bring up Andy Cohen and the Housewives, I don't know what time we're in. I have more questions about the Housewives. Go ahead. The Housewives, because I don't know anything about it. I can answer them. Uh, all. Okay. So how does how does this work? Does she, does she have to be married to be on the no. show? Good question. That's a very good question because Thank you. you would think... <laughs> I thought it was a stupid question. <laughs> when the show started, I'll give a very quick synopsis. When the show started, it started with the Real Housewives of Orange County in California. They were all married. They all had children. As time went on, they realized these people don't have to be married. We just need good television. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. We moved on to New York. We moved on to Atlanta. We moved on to Beverly Hills, New Jersey. You didn't need to be married. You just had to make good television. And that's exactly what happened. For the most part, a lot of them were housewives. The divorce rate on these shows is, has skyrocketed. That is shocking and Because a lot of these couples will have vow renewals for mm-hmm. television oh. and divorce. And I'm telling you, ne- the minute you hear vow renewal, they're getting divorced. <laughs> they even, it just it just happens. That's Okay, well, we'll how- keep our eye out for vow renewals in season five. Well, she wants to just divorce yeah, them altogether. Yeah, right. She asked for a divorce. Well, that's why I asked, because I thought that might disqualify her from being a housewife. No, she might get picked up. She might be able to be on the new season. So, Could you think of a more boring person to be on Housewives, though? Like, Hermione is... She gave us nothing. Boring AF, and I... like She, she was used, mayor for a little bit, She right? used to be interesting, but then she took a back seat and just let Hiram boss her around and pretended like she did that because she was trapped and whatever. I... She's a good backstory. She doesn't seem like she would thrive in, in a reality television environment. That's all. A lot of interaction with the um, doorman. <laughs> I'm sorry. From what? the city. With Smithers? Yes. What about Smithers? Just they have a good banter. I mean, that's all they need for the show. So, oh. I mean, she's got she's got that going for her. And, they have, and she has the good back. Don't laugh at me. I could be a real housewife. So could I. Actually, no, that's a lie. I'm very bad at small talk and just like. So could I. Natural dance. I'm good with the wine drinking and. I could drink wine on TV. Semi-socialing. That's socializing. Socializing. (laughs) We're drinking. We are. Um, I would say we were drinking maple rum, but not this week. This week we switched Not this week. But speaking of. Speaking of maple rum. Well maple syrup in general oh man i don't even have a lot to say about this just because like like what can you say that's where the mass murders come in first of all why did penelope want to help cheryl because i think in the long run it helps her i think it gives her leverage to get out of from behind the hidden bookcase door (laughs) which i can't be (laughs) why does she live there (laughs) which i can't be mad at because my parents house my dad built one of those <gasps> that's amazing for the attic so it looks like a bookshelf and then you open it and oh my you go god to my attic. i want one so it's fun except you see the hinges so you know it's a door oh okay but it is a cool concept so yeah. when i saw her do that i was like i have one of those i'm also not 
doing a mass murder of my family either. Yeah. How does Penelope get away with all this shit? Like, she's killed so many people. I think people. because she's hidden behind the door. Like, nobody knows she's... <laughs> nobody knows... <laughs> nobody's looking behind the door. Nobody's looking behind the door. Nobody knows she even exists anymore because I don't think anybody in the town is even... No, no one's even asking is. about her and nobody recognizes her. She's under when... the radar in the best way. I mean, if there's one way to disappear if you wanted to, it's by way of Penelope. If you ever committed a crime and needed to get away with it, you just moved to Riverdale because nobody will find you. And live in Thistle House. Yeah. Or, like, in the bunker because, well, that's that's my thing. Like, you know, Cheryl hasn't been, I mean, Penelope was not nice to Cheryl first. Right. And then Cheryl was not nice to Penelope back. So I just don't understand why they're working together on this. I mean, it's not to Cheryl's knowledge right away because... No, but she did go to Penelope and, like, kind of whine about it. She whined about it, not expecting a result, though. Yeah, but then, like, why even bother? Like, I just don't even... See, this is... uh, This goes back to the Hiram (laughs) thing and, like, the Lodge family. Like, I don't understand why these people keep going back to the toxic relationships they have in their families. It's okay to cut family members out of your life if they are doing bad shit to you. And I would say that all the things that Hiram's done to Veronica and all the things that Penelope has done to Cheryl gives them ample reason to get the hell out of there and never look back. So I just don't understand why they keep coming back around to each other and and pretending to be friends again. And like, I don't. I feel I don't get it. they sort ha- they sort of. That's where they connect, though, because in the long run, I think they're turnout is going to be what's going to profit them the most and i think given what cheryl wants to do which is one of the better acts of service i've ever seen her do because it's not selfish in a way it's i don't want to consider itself i don't think it's selfish i think she's trying to make amends it's both things right it's both it's a little bit of both but in a way i don't find it as conniving as it could be I don't think she's only doing it to get Tony back in her life. Which, by the way, I thought that they had broken up in the last episode. And I was very confused when they just, like, interacted with each other. And and Tony was just like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't go home with you prom night. But, like, we're still, like, cool, right? And Cheryl was like, sure. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it could have been just a break. Like, I'm not sleeping at your house tonight. So don't wait up for me. (laughs) That was Yeah, like, that was not made clear in the last episode. So (laughs) I felt very off balance when this first happened. But I, I agree. I think that um, Cheryl is not doing it primarily uh, to get Tony back. I think that she really does want to redeem the family name in some way. Um, I have a question for you, though. I don't think I knew that the the feud between the Topazes and the Blossoms had to do with Native American claim to land. I think this may have been addressed in a very old season not season three because I've just been rewatching that and it's not in there. But maybe season two where the blossoms like fucked the Native Americans out of land and massacred their peoples. But that's kind of what this is sounding like. Yeah, I I wish I could give you an answer because I'd have to go back. I honestly like I think that's a pretty interesting storyline that they could have developed more um, to make this all more meaningful because it actually makes a lot more sense now that the Topazes hate the Blossoms like other than just like for them being horrible people but there's like a history there like now I understand why Tony's family doesn't like 
all blossoms and not just the people who are like actively being dicks yeah it's it does make sense now but also i'm still super confused as how it wasn't known that tony was staying out and sleeping with yeah clearly no one's checking up on her i mean she went from living in like the serpents camp oh i missed (laughs) she went from living in the serpents camp to living with cheryl that was like the transition so like i don't even really know why her grandparents care because they let her live in a campground i guess at some point so um you know if she's can if she can live in a house somewhere that would probably all right be better be grateful that she has a roof over her head yeah i mean one would think but i don't know uh but i remember when when cheryl went to penelope i don't remember what penelope said she said something and i wrote in my notes what is she literally just gonna like kill them all and then later in the episode when she literally killed them all i wrote in my notes oh my god she actually killed Killed them them all all. Like, but I thought it was a joke. Yeah, I mean, she told Cheryl, like, go fucking hide. Like, mm-hmm. get out of here. I don't yes. want to associate. Right, right. That's what she said. And for, ding, ding, for ding. whatever reason, in my head, I was like, she's going to kill everybody. And then <laughs> it was a joke, but it wasn't a joke because it actually happened. No, I mean, poisoned, poisoned to the fact of, I mean, she set it up really nice with the suicide note. She put in the one the one right. pocket. I forget who because uh, the so the one lady there. who was being racist on the Zoom mm-hmm. call. <laughs> I love they incorporated Zoom. Like I okay, I was have... a, I I felt like it was a bit pandery because of the you know situation. Of course, but again, Betty's wearing stuff from the seventies and Everyone. has an eight track player in her bedroom, so I can't. I, I don't. It all exists know. in the same universe as Zoom. So I think wrapping up. This episode did just that. Most of the storylines wrapped up their main focuses. You know, we kind of have an idea where some characters are going. So I hope, you know, next week with graduation that we get just that. We kind of have an idea of where relationships stand and, you know, close out some things before we hit that time jump that we were told about. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, like, might still be outstanding in terms of what we're not sure about. Um, One thing is whether or not Jughead is going to find out what happened between Archie and Betty before the time jump, or if that's going to remain a secret. Um, If I can make a guess based on Archie's subtlety and ability to keep secrets, I'm going to guess that he finds out. (laughs) Um, That will be my prediction for the finale. I don't know what it's going to do to Betty and Jughead, especially considering that Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse broke up in real life. So that may not be a relationship that continues just like for practicality reasons. I also wonder and forget where that happened. Did it happen before these last few episodes were filmed prior I, to season five, like the the real season five? Like yeah. The time jump? I believe so. Okay. So, yeah, I think at this point, when even, like, the episodes that were filmed at the end of season four, they may not have been a couple. Because I think they they didn't go public with that information right away. Right. They left people to kind of speculate about it. So, I think, you know, that could impact what their time jump looks like. But in terms of other couples, we know that Tony is pregnant in the time jump. Mm -hmm. We don't know how that happens. No. (laughs) Presumably... Um, if she and Cheryl are still together, maybe IVF, some sort of in vitro something. situation, but that's not a guarantee. Uh, they released the fact that Veronica is married, not to Archie. 
Correct. So that will be interesting to see as well. I'm kind of not looking forward to next week's episode with the graduation because I really think that it's just going to be kind of bullshitty wrapping up. Yeah, slow moving situation. They can't really start anything because I I think it's going to be hard to continue anything, you know, in the future. You can't start a murder investigation that goes cold for seven years or however long it's going to be. I guess you could, but I don't think they will. No. It's Riverdale. I mean, there's, we can't assume anything. No, and we never should. Well, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us, questions or theories, you can email us at ihateitletswatchit at gmail.com. And until then, that's Endgame. Endgame.